In this episode, I'm going to read How by Allen Ginsberg from his collection of poems, The Collected Poems of Allen Ginsberg. How for Carl Sullivan. 1. I saw the best minds of my generation destroyed by madness, starving, hysterical, naked, dragging themselves through the Negro streets at dawn looking for an angry fix. Angel-headed hipsters burning for the ancient heavenly connection to the starry dynamo and the machinery of night. Through poverty and tatters and hollow-eyed and high set up smoking in the supernatural darks of cold water flats floating across the tops of cities contemplating jazz. Heaven under the L angels' tenement roofs illuminated. Through pastoral universities with radiant, cruel eyes hallucinating Arkansas and Blakelight tragedy among the scholars of war who were expelled from the academies for, pub- for crazy and publishing obscene odes on the windows of the skull, who cowered in unshaven rooms and underwear, burning their money in wastebaskets and listening to terror through the wall, who got busted in their pubic beards returning to Laredo with a belt of marijuana for New York, who ate fire in pain hotels or drank turpentine in Paradise Alley, death or poetry their torsos night after night, with dreams, with drugs, with waking nightmares, alcohol and cock, in endless bowls, incomparable blind streets of shuddering cloud and lightning in the mind, leaping towards poles of Canada and Patterson, illuminating all the motionless world of time between. Peyote solidities of halls, backyard green tree cemetery dawns, wine drunkenness over the rooftops, storefront burrows of tea head, joyride, neon, blinking traffic light, sun and moon and tree vibrations in the roaring winter dusts of Brooklyn, ashcan rantings and kind king light of mind who chained themselves to subways for the endless ride from Battery to Holy Bronx on Benzedrine until the noise of wheels and children brought them shuddering, mouth-racked and battered, bleak of brain or drained of brilliance in the drear light of zoo, who sank all night in submarine light of Bickford's, floated out and tapped with a stale beer afternoon in desolate Fergusies, listening to the crack of doom on the hydrogen jukebox, who talked continuously seventy hours from park to pad, to Bar, to Bellevue, to Museum, to the Brooklyn Bridge, a lost battalion of platonic conversationalists jumping down the stoops, off fire escapes, off window sills, off Empire State, out of the moon. Yakety yakketing, screaming, vomiting, whispering facts and memories and anecdotes and eyeball kicks and shocks of hospitals and jails and wars. Whole intellects disgorged in total recall for seven days and nights with brilliant eyes meet with a sonic synagogue cast on the pavement, who vanished into nowhere Zen, New Jersey, leaving a trail of ambiguous picture postcards of Atlantic City Hall. Suffering eastern sweats and Tangerian bone grindings and migraines of China junk withdrawal in New York's bleak furnished room, who wandered around and around at midnight in the railroad yard wondering where to go and went, leaving no broken hearts. We lit cigarettes in boxcars, 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 racketing through the snow toward lonesome farms in Grandfather Night. We studied Plutonius Poe, St. John of the Cross, Telepathy, and Bob Kabbalah because the cosmos instinctively vibrated at their feet in Kansas. We loaned it through the streets of Idaho, seeking visionary Indian angels who were visionary Indian angels, who thought they were only mad when Baltimore gleamed in supernatural ecstasy who jumped in limousines with the Chinaman of Oklahoma on the impulse of winter, midnight, streetlight, small-town rain, who lounged hungry and lonesome through Houston seeking jazz, or sex, or soup, and followed a brilliant Spaniard to converse about America and eternity, a hopeless task, and so took ship to Africa, 
who disappeared into the volcanoes of Mexico, leaving behind nothing but the shadow of dungarees and the lava and ash of poetry scattered in fireplace Chicago, who reappeared on the west coast investigating the FBI in beards and shorts with big pacifist eyes, sexy in their dark skin, passing out incomprehensible leaflets, who burned cigarette holes in their arms protesting the narcotic tobacco haze of capitalism, who distributed super-communist pamphlets in Union Square, weeping and undressing while the sirens of Los Alamos wailed them down, and wailed down wall, and the Saturn Ferry Island Ferry also wailed, who broke down crying in white gymnasiums, naked and trembling before the machinery of other skeletons, who bit detectives in the neck and shrieked with delight in police cars for committing no crime but their own wild cooking, pediastry and intoxication who howled on their knees in the subway and were dragged off the roof waving genitals and manuscripts, who let themselves be fucked in the ass by saintly motorcyclists and screamed with joy, who blew and were blown by the human seraphim, the sailors, caresses of Atlantic and Caribbean love, who bawled in the morning, in the evening, in rose gardens, and the grass of public parks and cemeteries, scattering their semen freely to whomever come who may, who hiccuped endlessly trying to giggle but wound up with a sob behind a partition in a Turkish bath when the blonde and naked angel came to pierce them with a sword, who lost their love voice to three old shrews of fate, the one-eyed shrew of the heterosexual dollar, the one-eyed shrew that winks out of the womb, and the one-eyed shrew that does nothing but sit on her ass and sniff the intellectual golden threads of the craftsman's loom, who copulated ecstatic and insatiate with a bottle of beer, a sweetheart, a package of cigarettes, a candle, and fell off the bed and continued along the floor and down the hall and ended fainting on the wall with a vision of ultimate cunt and cum eluding the last jism of consciousness. Who sweetened the snatches of a million girls trembling in the sunset and were red-eyed in the morning, but prepared to sweeten the snatch of the sunrise, flashing buttocks under barns and naked in the lake. Who went out whoring through Colorado in myriad stolen night cars, N.C., secret hero of these poems, Coxman and Adonis of Denver, Joy to the memory of his innumerable lays of girls in empty lots and diner backyards, movie houses, rickety rows, on mountaintops, in caves, or with gaunt waitresses and familiar, roadside, lonely, petticoat, uplifting, and especially secret gas station slipsoms of John's and hometown alleys too. Who faded out in vast, sordid movies, were shifted in dreams, woke on a sudden Manhattan, and picked themselves up out of basements hungover with heartless tokay and horrors of Third Avenue eyeing dreams and stumbled to unemployment offices, who walked all night with their shoes full of blood on the snowbank docks waiting for a door on the East River to open to a room full of steam, hot, and opium, who created great suicidal dramas on the apartment cliff banks of the Hudson under the wartime blue, floodlight of the moon, and the head shall be crowned with laurel and oblivion, who ate the lamb stew of the imagination, or digested the crab at the muddy bottom of the rivers of Bowery, who wept at the romance of the streets with their pushcarts full of onions and bad music, who sat in boxes breathing in the darkness under the bridge and rose up to build harpsichords in their lofts, who coughed on the sixth floor of Harlem crowned with flame under the tubercular sky surrounded by orange crates of theology, who scribbled all night rocking and rolling over lofty incantations which in the yellow morning were standards of gibberish, who cooked rotten animals, lung, heart, feet, tail, borscht and tortillas dreaming of the pure vegetable kingdom, who plunged themselves under meat trucks looking for an egg, who threw their watches off the roof to cast their ballot for eternity outside of time and alarm clocks fell on their heads every day for the next decade, who cut their wrists three times successfully, unsuccessfully, gave up, 
and were forced to open antique stores where they thought they were growing old and cried. Who were burned alive in their innocent flannel suits on Madison Avenue amidst blasts of lead and burst and the tanked up clatter of the iron regiments of fashion and nitroglycerin shrieks of the fairies of advertising and the mustard gas of sinister intelligent editors, or were run down by the drunken taxicabs of absolute reality. Who jumped off the Brooklyn Bridge, this actually happened, and walked away unknown and forgotten into the ghostly days of Chinatown soup alleyways and fire trucks, not even one free beer. Who sang out of their windows in despair, fell out of the subway window, jumped in the filthy passiac, leaped on negroes, cried all over the street, danced on broken wine glasses, barefoot, smashed phonograph records of nostalgic European 1930s German jazz, finished the whiskey and threw up groaning into the bloody toilet moans in their ears and the blasts of colossal steam whistles, who barrel down the highways of the past joining to each other's hot rod Golgotha jail solitude watch or Birmingham jazz incarnation, who drove cross country 72 hours to find out if I had a vision, or you had a vision, or he had a vision to find out eternity, who journeyed to Denver, who died in Denver, who came back to Denver and waited in vain, who watched over Denver and brooded and loaned in Denver and finally went away to find out the time, and now Denver is lonesome for her heroes. Who fell on their knees in hopeless cathedrals praying for each other's salvation and light and breasts until the soul illuminated its hair for a second. Who crashed through their minds in jail waiting for impossible criminals with golden heads and the charm of reality in their hearts who sang sweet blues to Alcatraz. Who retired to Mexico to cultivate a habit or Rocky Mount to Tender Puddha, or Tangiers to Boys, or Southern Pacific to the Black Locomotive, or Harvard to Narcissus, to Woodlawn, to the Daisy Chain, or Grave, who demanded sanity trials accusing the radio of hypnotism and were left with their insanity in their hands and a hung jury, who threw potato salad at CCNY lectures on Dadaism and subsequently presented themselves on the granite steps of the madhouse with shaven heads and a harlequin speech of suicide demanding instantaneous lobotomy, and who were given instead the concrete void of insulin, metrazole, electricity, hydrotherapy, psychotherapy, occupational therapy, ping-pong, and amnesia, who, in humorous protest, overturned only one symbolic ping-pong table, resting briefly in catatonia, returning years later, truly bold, except for a wig of blood and tears and fingers, to the visible madman doom of the wards of the mad towns of the East, Pilgrim State Rocklands and Greystone fetid halls, bickering with the echoes of the soul, rocking and rolling in the midnight solitude bench, dull realms of love, dream of life a nightmare, bodies turned to stone as heaven as the moon. With mother finally fucked, and the last fantastic book flung out of the tenement window, and the last door closed at 4 a.m., and the last telephone slammed at the wall in reply in the last furnished room, emptied down to the last piece of mental furniture. A yellow paper rose twisted on a wire hanger in the closet, and even that imaginary. Nothing but a hopeful little bit of hallucination. Ah, oh, Carl, why you are not safe, I am not safe. And now you're really in the total animal soup of time. And who, therefore, ran through the icy streets, obsessed with the sudden flash of the alchemy of the use of the ellipse, the catalogue, the meter, and the vibrating plane? Who dreamt and made incarnate gaps in time and space through images juxtaposed and trapped the archangel of the soul between two visual images, and joined the elemental verbs and set the noun and dash of consciousness together, jumping with sensation of pater omnipotent and teo deus? 
to recreate the syntax and measure of poor human prose, and stand before you speechless and intelligent, and shaking with shame, rejected, yet confessing out the soul to conform to the rhythm of thought in his naked and endless head. The madman, bum, and angel, beast, and time, unknown, yet putting down here what might be left to say in time come after death. And Rose reincarnate to the ghostly clothes of jazz and the gold horn shadow of the band and blew the suffering of America's naked mind for love into an Eli Eli Lama Lama Sapathinka saxophone cry that shivered the cities down to the last radio, with the absolute heart of the poem of life butchered out of their own bodies, good to eat a thousand years. Two. What sphinx of cement and aluminium bashed open their skulls and ate up their brains and imagination? Moloch, solitude, filth, ugliness, ash cans and unattainable dollars, children screaming under the stairways, boys sobbing in armies, old men weeping in the parks. Moloch, Moloch, nightmare of Moloch, Moloch the loveless, mental Moloch, Moloch the heavy judger of men, Moloch the incomprehensible prison. Moloch, the crossbone, soulless jailhouse and congress of sorrows. Moloch, whose buildings are judgment. Moloch, the vast stone of war. Moloch, the stunned governments. Moloch, whose mind is pure machinery. Moloch, whose blood is running money. Moloch, whose fingers are ten armies. Moloch, whose breast is a cannibal dynamo. Moloch, whose ear is a smoking bomb. Moloch, whose eyes are a thousand blind windows. Moloch, whose skyscrapers stand in long streets like endless Jehovah's. Moloch, whose factories dream and croak in the fog. Moloch, whose smokestacks and antennae crown the cities. Moloch, whose love is endless, oil and stone. Moloch, whose soul is electricity and banks. Moloch, whose poverty is a spectre of genius. Moloch, whose fate is a cloud of sexless hydrogen. Moloch, whose name is the mind. Moloch, in whom I sit lonely. Moloch, in whom I dream angels. Crazy in Moloch, cocksucker in Moloch. Lack love and manless in Moloch. Moloch, who entered my soul early. Moloch in whom I am a consciousness without a body. Moloch who frightened me out of my natural ecstasy. Moloch whom I abandoned. Wake up in Moloch. Light streaming out of the sky. Moloch. Moloch. Robot apartments. Invisible suburbs. Skeleton treasuries. Blind capitals. Demotic industries. Spectral nations. Invincible madhouses. Granite cocks. Monstrous bombs. They broke their backs lifting Moloch to heaven. Pavements. Trees. Radios, tons, lifting the city to heaven which exists and is everywhere about us. Visions, omens, hallucinations, miracles, ecstasies gone down the American river. Dreams, adorations, illuminations, religions, the whole boatload of sensitive bullshit. Breakthroughs over the river, flips and crucifixions gone down the flood. Highs, epiphanies, despairs. Ten years, animal screams and the suicides, minds, new loves. Mad generation, down on the rocks of time. Real holy laughter in the river. They saw it all, the wild eyes, the holy yells, they bade farewell. They jumped off the roof to a solitude, waving, carrying flowers, down to the river, into the street. 3. Carl Solomon, I'm with you in Rockland, where you're madder than I am. I'm with you in Rockland, where you must feel very strange. I'm with you in Rockland, where you imitate the shade of my mother. I'm with you in Rockland, where you've murdered your twelve secretaries. I'm with you in Rockland, where you laugh at this invisible humour. I'm with you in Rockland, 
We'll be a great riders on the same dreadful typewriter. And with you in Rockland, where, the, where your condition has become serious and is reported on the radio. I'm with you in Rockland, where the faculties of the skull no longer admit the worms of the senses. I'm with you in Rockland, where you drink the tea of the breasts of the spinsters of Utissa. I'm with you in Rockland, where you pun on the bodies of your nurses, the harpies of the Bronx. I'm with you in Rockland, where you scream in a straitjacket that you're losing the game of the actual ping-pong of the abyss. I'm with you in Rockland, where you bang on the catatonic piano. The soul is innocent and immortal. It should never die ungodly in an armed madhouse. I'm with you in Rockland, where fifty more shocks will never return your soul to its body again from its pilgrimage to a cross in the void. I'm with you in Rockland, where you accuse your doctors of insanity and plot the Hebrew socialist revolution against a fascist national Golgotha. I'm with you in Rockland, where you will split the heavens of Long Island and resurrect your living human Jesus from the superhuman tomb. I'm with you in Rockland, where there are 25,000 mad comrades all together singing the final stance of the Internationale. I'm with you in Rockland, where we wake up electrified out of the coma by our own souls, airplanes roaring over the roof they've come to drop angelic bombs. The hospital illuminates itself. Imaginary walls collapse. Oh, skinny legions run outside. Oh, starry, spangled shock of mercy, the eternal war is here. Oh, victory, forget your underwear, we're free. I'm with you in Rockland. In my dreams, you walk, dripping from a sea journey on the highway across America, in tears to the door of my cottage in the western night. Thank you. And now for the commentary on How by Allen Ginsberg. Anyone familiar with the poem who made it through to the to this part of the podcast may have noticed that I skipped the footnote. And by skipped, I mean I just didn't bother reading it. I'm not a fan of Ginsberg's footnote to How. I don't think it's necessary. Um, I don't actually think it adds a whole lot to the poem. Um, don't get me wrong, there are times when I reread it that I do, when I reread how, I do reread the whole thing. But, to be honest, I just don't feel it's necessary. And I don't think the poem loses anything by not having it. Normally, I start these podcasts off, or the commentary side of the podcast off, I told me how much I love the story of the poem I just read. To be honest, the first time I read this, I didn't actually get all the way through the end. I, got, I gave up. And then I was compelled for some reason. I don't remember why, but I just kept at it until I got to the end. And on the sort of second or third read, and you, you, when you read it the first time through all the way, you appreciate the poetry of it, the imagery, the, the jarring between, you know, he's just talking about a picturesque scene, and he's talking about, you know, having sex with sailors. And I think because you know the narrator's a male poet, you assume the narrator of how is a male narrator, um, which you're supposed to, I, I assume, since... Ginsburg writes in first person, and he did say this is autobiographical. It's mostly autobiographical fiction. Um, based off, I mean, he, the guy called Carl Solomon did exist. He wrote books. Ginsburg actually did meet him in a madhouse. Um, there's this lovely imagery throughout this whole poem. One great line is, who lit cigarettes in boxcars, 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 racking through the snow toward lonesome farms and grandfather knife. Again, that repetition of boxcars, boxcars, boxcars. You almost see it. I don't know what it's like when you listen to it. When you read it, you can actually see 
train of boxcars going past you in, 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 at night in this kind of farmland all around it. So it's wonderfully evocative imagery. Um, one of my favorite lines in this whole poem, I think it's because I'm a writer, so I think it says a lot about me, is, We scribbled all night, rocking and rolling over lofty incantations, which in the yellow morning were standards of gibberish. I can relate to that. I mean, when I read this poem the first time, that I just went, yes, that is so me. Um, I think a lot of people who, a lot of writers, can relate to that on some level. The other thing I really like about this poem is it brings in elements from, so there are references to William Burroughs, to Jack Kerouac. He just mentions Neil Casty. He says, you know, uh, Coxman and Do- NC, Secret Hero, of, and Coxman and Donis of Denver. Uh, I'm obviously paraphrasing horribly, but he just straight out mentions Neil Cassidy. Um, and then he references himself in terms of, you know, um, crying and gymnasium. Or, and someone actually did jump out, jump off the Brooklyn Bridge. So when he says this actually happened, he's not, that's not for effect. That is a genuine story. And th- what what's really good about this poem is not so much the story because you kind of I feel like you have to know what he's referring to to get those bits. But what's good is how he juxtaposes he puts together those kind of funny moments and then with these very serious, very sad moments. And the whole poem bounces between these moments of absolute seriousness and and sadness, but also rebellion when he talks about. Uh, you know, being on his knees for sailors, let's just say the narrator, you know, who were, who blew and were blown by this human seraphim, the sailors, caresses of Atlantic and Caribbean love. Um, you know, this poem was quite rebellious back in the day when poems could be rebellious. You know, this is poems 50 years old. Um, it, it's doing so much and it's saying so much, and that's why I think it's worth rereading, um, and why it's worth, why I wanted to. Uh, read it into this read it for this podcast. So I hope you've enjoyed the poem. I hope you enjoyed my reading of the poem. Thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate it.